0: Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always I'm joined by Will Murden. How is it going tonight, Will?
1: Good buddy. We're, at, we're here. We've made it. Bowl season. It this is. is it. We're, a, we're a
0: day early. Normally we're a day late. But we are a day early, which never happens. Premature. Well, premature, yes. Uh, you know, certainly getting this kind of stuff out. Not yeah. really in our wheelhouse, but here we are.
1: So even with us going a day early and, and getting the show out a little bit earlier, we've still gone a day late and missed a bowl game already. So Yeah.
0: Oh, they were really just on that straight away. Immediately. Like I, oh, unbelievable. Anyway, uh we obviously bowl season preview. There is a whole heap of stuff that we want to talk about tonight. So we are going to have to blitz through pretty quickly. You know, it's holiday season. We like to get away. Uh, Christmas is literally just around the corner. We're all of what, like a couple of days away. I know you do a big thing Christmas Eve, usually big on that kind of stuff. Yes, Things that is Things sideways style. for your family. Um, Normally. Yeah, everything stays above board in terms of a legal definition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good chuckling at that. Good. Um, but in tonight's show, we do want to get to a whole heap of stuff. The college football playoff selections have been made and we want to get to all the fallout and the the commentary around that. Um, a quick, I'm going to get Will to give us a quick explanation of bowl games because I know there's a lot of Australians here and when I first came to the game of college football, I didn't fully understand what the heck bowl games were, why they existed. Uh, we've got game previews. We've got a little bit of recruiting talk. And then hopefully we'll get a bit of a chance to talk some shit in there as well in the lead up to a bit of a breather for us um, before we hit another show in the new year as we'll recap all the bowls, all the semi finals, um, and preview our national championship game between Clemson and Alabama, which will be fantastic. Again. Guilty. Again, I'm so excited about it. Alright, before we do that though, let's get to a little bit of news. Uh, nothing too serious, but I do want to touch on a few things. Bo Pelini has been cut loose at LSU. The defensive coordinator there has been told thanks but no thanks after ranking like 120th in the nation in total defense. They've flicked him. So um, they'll be on the
1: search for a new defensive coordinator. Yes. I mean, I think that's probably fair. It's very loud. (laughs) Boise State. Just been released
0: that they uh, had a few discussions with the American Conference, according to some realignment things. Now, of course, Boise State are in the Mountain West have been a predominant player and a heavy hitter in that conference for a long, long time. As I just slowly turned down this fucking raging music. Um, sorry about that. Uh, but your thoughts on Boise State moving to the American? I know it's not—it's not happened. The wheels aren't exactly in motion. It's only discussion at this stage. But is that a good fit? Why
1: one not? This is the first I'm hearing of this, but I like it. I I think both you and I uh, have spoken about this, the American has kind of positioned themselves to be the the biggest conference in the group of five, the the best one, and a potential feeder for any future realignment for the Power Five teams. And I think Boise State have continually been one of the best group of five teams, so getting them in that conference makes sense from that standpoint. Uh, So interesting to see how that one plays out. I would have thought the Pac 12 would have been a
0: more logical fit geographically more than anything. But anyway, 9 and 2 Army were in danger of missing out in a bowl game this year. Todd Munkin came out and appealed to the fans, the players, politicians, bloody everyone. Um, and with all the opt outs of teams, they've managed to get a game. What were your thoughts on his strategy? Calling him, I, didn't, I mean, he didn't use these words, but it felt like he was coming out saying it's un American. If the Army team doesn't get a ball game.
1: I mean, rightfully so. They've been fantastic this year, and I figured they were always going to get a slot. Like There was going to be someone who was going to get pulled down with the virus and not be able to attend. So it was just about waiting it out and hoping they didn't have to come up against a, a massive team that was going to beat the pants off of them. I think it's a good matchup, the one that they have now uh, against West Virginia. Yeah,
0: I mean, there was a bit of a fear that no one wanted to take on a triple option team with lack of preparation time, which I kind of get. I suppose you don't want to roll into a bowl game and get embarrassed and there's not any triple option in the Power 5 anymore. So if you're facing that, uh, it is it does take some prep. So um, something to consider as well. All right, any other news that you would like to touch on, Will? Have you heard anything? You're all yes. over
1: the rumor mill. So there was a story come out about Darby Sweeney's coaches. Uh, Poll so all the coaches uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, saw that. get to vote for the best teams in the country. And he had Ohio State in at 11th, so mm-hmm. they've obviously come in at number three and faced off against Clemson in the uh, semi final. And, and he's not about that, he doesn't believe that they deserve a top four spot, let alone a top 10 spot. Oh.
0: But I might like, like, he's just stating what he has believed and, and said the whole way in the media, and that's that if you play a shorter. Slim down schedule, you don't deserve to be in the conversation with the guys that have run a full 10, 11, 12 game slate. So he's just standing by what he's saying. So I actually don't really have yeah. too much of a problem with it.
1: Look, I'm with you too. And I think some of the logic that he kind of threw out of his argument makes sense. It's just makes for a bit of a juicy storyline when you come up against the team that week after kind of bagging them and then that coming out.
0: Yeah, I mean, he... um He's coming at like Dabo Swinney is sort of always portrayed this and the Clemson program as family friendly and he's a really nice guy and he's an oh shucks like I'm a, I'm just a good southern boy kind of setup, but this year he's coming. He's there's a nasty side to Dabo Swinney as well around some of the things he says and believes in uh, that have more spite behind it than I thought that he was capable of I suppose um, I would expect it from someone like a Nick Saban you know Nick Saban who is just like Bill Belichick light really in lots of ways but Dabo Sweeney isn't that like he comes across as being this really like super nice guy and to come out and make these statements uh, maybe it's not against his character but the way that the media portray him is very different to what we're hearing recently.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. The other one I wanted to touch on is that uh, Tennessee have launched... That statement. Thank you for that. Yeah, good. Tennessee have launched an internal probe into some alleged recruiting violations. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what plays out there. Often not a good sign when uh, the program ha- ha- begins with these internal ones. They'll then cough up and say, hey, we've done this. And then it goes over to the NCAA for them to investigate and hand down potential uh, sanctions on the back of any wrongdoings that are if, if found.
0: And they've had some issues when Lane Kiffin was there as the head man, Uh, Tennessee got in trouble with some recruiting violations there. They have been a mess, Tennessee Uh, for, for Australian followers of college football, possibly don't even know or acknowledge that Tennessee at some stage were an absolute power in college football they've got a massive massive alumni base a big recruiting area they control the state of Tennessee which is a huge football hotbed in in lots of respects they're in the SEC like they are a true and have been a true power and that's not the case at the moment, and and a lot of this is not going to help. The the constant turmoil at, at the head coach position, and then now more recruiting violations. It's not looking good for Rocky Top.
1: No, well, there's yeah, the the first signs of concern. And if if Tennessee come
0: out and give themselves a ban. There should be more to follow. Anyway, let's jump into a little bit of recruiting news. I don't want to touch on, you know, where teams finished because after early signing day, there's going to be more players that commit around the place. But I do want to touch on the Australian boys. And we have got about 10 guys... Uh, That have committed this year and a bit of a different look because well there's two things that i take away from the australian guys that have committed so these are the guys that have come from pro kick so chappy needs um a big shout out he's the guy over in victoria nathan chapman who has been doing a mountain of work for a lot of years now and and getting a lot of australians hooked up and connected over there and playing division one football uh well and not only division one football but a whole range of different levels But it seems like the Australian wave is starting to move east. We saw only two or three years ago, there was very few in the SEC, not so the case. So I'm going to reel off some names here. So Nick Haber is at Washington State. Jonathan Batsky has landed at Toledo. James Evans at Indiana will take over from... Hayden Whitehead. Hayden Whitehead, well done. Wilson Berry at Kentucky will take over from...
1: Uh, John Haggerty. No, that's Western Kentucky. Oh, it's Max Duffy at Kentucky. Max
0: Duffy, the Duff man. Yeah, Isaac Pearson lands at Texas. Texas have got some uh, big plays in the past at the punting position. Michael Dixon is the you know the name that comes to mind immediately, but he will get a crack there. Hayden Kerr at UConn, who has had. Um, Australians play there in the past, I cannot remember who the former Australian player was at UConn. This one's an interesting one, Jesse Micro lands at Ohio State. Now the Big Ten outside of the middling classes hasn't had Australians represent them too highly, so to get a guy at Ohio State's a really, really, um, big job, so that's awesome. Mason Fletcher at Cincinnati, gonna take over from your boy. James Smith, absolutely. Well well done. David Shanahan, another... Now, this is a non-Australian, but he's going to land at Georgia Tech. And I know you love the punter at Georgia Tech at the moment. He's going to be in the Ray Guy uh, uh, conversations. And and he's a finalist at this stage, but a big doughy operator.
1: He is, yeah, but not
0: Australian, so we're not so interested in it. (laughs) Percy Harvin. And Andrew Stokes lands at South Florida, and he will take over from... Trent Schneider. Trent schneider you gee you do know your punters well done because you didn't know this was coming so um but so we're seeing a a, a little bit of a re- repetition here i suppose that those those schools that have had australians before are, are dipping back into that well which is good to see but you're also getting a sense that punters don't come around every cycle so whilst you pick up two receivers every cycle running back quarterbacks whatever You're not picking up punters every cycle and it might be a three or four year turn for those punters to come around and now they've landed. So, just wanted to wish all those boys luck and I know you, Will, will be keeping a hot eye on their progression as we go.
1: Yeah, definitely. You make a very good point about punters. So so most teams would only ever have one punter on scholarship. They might have a couple of walk-ons, perhaps, or a kicker that can also punt as well. But they predominantly only have one kicker, one punter on scholarship. So to be sending a kid across from Australia, putting them up, doing all of that, they really need to be on scholarship to have this. There's not going to be many Australians going across and walking on, just the nature of this based and how it's all working and what's required for them to study there so you're right it's tough to get a spot but australians keep keep making the trip over and being super successful so it's awesome to say
0: now these boys again after talking to chappie and we're going to try and get him on actually for an interview in the off season um which he'll do because he's a he's a lovely fella uh but the interesting thing about this isn't it and he pumps this up is their first year these boys they're not going to be superstars they're just getting their head around it and i think i've seen that probably watching lou Headley more than anything last year he was okay this year he's come on and and he's a ray guy finalist and you see that it takes them a year to settle in and get a feel for it you know isaac pearson next year is probably going to punt in front of a hundred thousand people now he will have never done that before that takes some learning so there is a bit of an adjustment period jesse micro at ohio state is going to be the same as well so um there's going to be an adjustment period but give these boys a couple of years and they'll be in the the conversations for the ray guywood
1: hopefully all right
0: all right let's move on college football selection so that has come out let's quickly buzz through these alabama one clemson two ohio state three notre dame four Texas A&M 5. Now, no surprises there. Uh, the only questions I have for you around this is, and and the college football committee has got some guidelines that they work over, but should there be some stipulation? If something occurs in the regular season, should you not be eligible? So, if you lose a game by more than 21 points, say, or you don't make your um, conference championship game, should you already be omitted from that top four situation? or would the college football committee potentially be backing themselves into a corner by
1: doing something like that? Uh, The latter there, mate. I I don't think that they need that added level over the top of this. I I think it's a tough gig and it's a tough position to be in as a selection committee. And on the whole, they've done a pretty good job. Like Since they've been founded across the years, however many it is years, six or seven years that they've gone, I think they've done a, a fairly good job of picking the teams that need to go. There's always going to be a debate, especially from the corners who have a rooting interest, whether it's the team you support, the conference you support, whatever it is there's going to be people who think they should see it another way. It, it's a really tough gig. I think this year they've done the right thing. Like it, it, it's fallen with what both you and I thought it would do. Um, it Like I hate the fact that our group of five teams are essentially being told they're never going to have a shot, but mm. I also don't think we need added levels over the top of this to say you need to be in a conference championship game or you can't lose by or any of that sort of stuff. I, I don't think we need to have that. Let's, let's go with what we've got at the moment. I want that changed, but for what we have, I don't think it needs any more of those sorts of changes. I'm more for expanding it to A.
0: Yep, of course. We've heard that from you a lot. <laughs> so the only the only other conversation that I think is is somewhat interesting to note is that for the people that were trashing Notre Dame on, you know, the basis of them getting in over AM and and over Florida, is that and this suggestion was actually made is why didn't the acc heads just get together and say don't play a championship game clemson and notre dame just don't play because you're both already in no one's going to jump you if you don't play and that's the exact opposite of what we want so i'm kind of glad that both of those teams got in based on merit rather than one of them opting out and or you know a situation where the game didn't get played they get in anyway and and then you have someone like AM sitting there who didn't play, who would then could then make the argument. So I'm actually pretty happy that Notre Dame got in. In some ways, surprise,
1: surprise. The ACC guys happy to see the ACC team. Well, if, get
0: in. yeah, but I mean Notre Dame to me is not a true ACC team. They're going to flip back off to independent next year, so it doesn't really phase me that much. But it was more around the fact that I want to see these teams play, and this year more than ever, we've seen teams and players bow out and that play to advantage in some ways. And, and that's not the way sport is designed in any competition. Um, after all that conversation, this then means Alabama will play Notre Dame in the Rose Bowl and Clemson will play Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. We'll get to those games in a little bit, um, but we will go into them more detail. We're not going to do that right now. So let's get to some game previews. If you're happy with that will of course
1: uh i think first i think you you kind of led off with a history of bowl games and and wanting to touch on that so maybe that's where i'm
0: going right now my first question to you is here we go what a bowl game this is obviously you know production and and preparation is something that we take immaculate pride in but firstly what are bowl games and why do we play them well done it's like a picture book for retards all right go i
1: mean the, this whole production thing means you need to load me up with these questions before we do the you recording you just gotta trust well. me, me you
0: just gotta know that it's happening
1: and i've just gotta know how to answer it so i mean bowl games have been uh, a feature of college football for a number of years They're going back nearly 50 years now i think they were introduced back in the 70s uh and uh played between non-conference opponents i'm I'm
0: just gonna jump in there i think it goes back earlier than that like the rose bowl the granddaddy of them all was played a long long time ago i believe because this was this was a time when multiple teams claimed national championships like you'd have like five teams in the country that sat at five and oh and one (laughs) <laughs> and they would be, like, claiming national championships. And so they were like, oh, well, let's actually play them off and see who's the best. But I could be wrong about that.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think, But I think they were more, like, national championship sort of games. We, we talked, like, an ex- the expanded yeah. Rose Bowls in the, in the 70s where we started to get around, like, uh, five or so of them being uh, okay. played, yes. and it was yeah, okay. it was more than just just the one or two majors that we knew, and then it's expanded since then, so these games have grown, and originally there was quite stringent criteria for you to be able to play uh, by this season, well, probably this season is not a great example, but last season I, we're upwards of 40 bowl games now being played, so obviously 130 Div 1 teams now, uh, if you look at that, then as 80 teams get in a game, it's it's harder to miss than it is to make one. Uh, so that they've reduced that, but normally you do need to have a winning record on the season, uh, like a, a six and six record across the season, to qualify for a bowl game. Uh, and it's opportunities for teams to go and play teams that they would not normally play, predominantly, for a lot of these smaller games and play for some postseason credibility really uh and they're often hosted and put on by big sponsors of at the college football level so you hear some of the ridiculous names that get attached to these that, that the sponsors are about the players themselves get uh some perks for going so they get bold gifts and it's normally a bit more of like a a holiday atmosphere so yes they're still playing yes they're still training but they're going out when they're there they're having big lunches and dinners put on for them like there's some destinations that they go to like orlando they might go to disneyland all of that sort of stuff again
0: carnival for Players. A little
1: bit, a little bit. It's it's kind of like a celebration of the season that's been, and that's what it's pitched for. So it's really cool. It also makes for difficult predictions in these matchups because it's not always easy to see who's more dialed in. Well, like once a conference game has been decided, some coaches are going to getting be getting through to their players more so than others around the importance of these games, and others are just there for a good time. So it's there's varying levels of them. They they go from you know group of five. Two six and six group of five teams going head to head all the way up to the the championship games that we'll see that they're in that bowl classification. So it is good fun. It's risky betting on for anyone out there who wants to play that game. But I see that as not going to stop Will. It's not going to stop Will. I see that as opportunity. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I think like at the at the heart of it all is to try and determine and try and give us a better understanding of where these teams all fit into the massive Tetris game that is college football. Uh, And I probably, having, having not been around it too much, unlike you, Will, who did go to the Fiesta Bowl, and I don't see it so much from a human perspective. And, you know, for some of these kids, they are from, you know, whether it's Texas or they're from, West Virginia or whatever, and they get to go to California for the first time or they get to go and play in the snow for the first time. Like You might have a kid from Florida. I remember um, when we played in some shitty bowl against uh, Washington State in the snow and our kid, like the Miami guys are just like, hey, I live in humidity. I'm, I'm playing in the snow. So that was like, there's a lot of these real like experiences and it seems to be experience-based, which like you said, leads into some unpredictable situations. Um there are some opt-outs, coaching changes and and the care the care factor is the hard one because different teams are going to care more about games than others. Particularly if you're the if you're on the back of an SEC championship loss or a whatever, you know, a, a Big 12 championship loss and then you've got to front up and play in a mediocre bowl game and you've had your star quarterback opt out, like it's hard to get excited for it and they won't. Um, But there's a lot of factors that play into that. My other big takeaway from this is that the tie-ins need to be rethought. There are a number of Group of 5 teams doing this doing well this year. BYU, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati all deserve a chance to see where they stack up against Power 5 teams. I know that probably dials back the interest of the Power 5 team, but we've got to have a bigger crossover of Group of 5 and Power 5, I think.
1: Yeah, San Jose State's another team that I'd throw in that mix for sure. They they win the Mountain West and then they don't get to play a Power 5 team, that's a bit of a slap there. I, I, it would be good to see them stack up there because it's a little bit more of a indicator as to how that conference has been traveling. Like I don't want to see two Group of Five conferences going head-to-head. I want to see how these Group of Five champs can stack with a, a second tier. So perhaps not a, a conference champion in a Power 5 one, but someone who's just missed out.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get into it then. Now, like you said earlier, to kick the show off, we have already had a game, App State and North Texas. I actually watched this game today because I'm a teacher and I'm on school holidays, so happy days. Followed that up with uh, Pittsburgh and whoever they lost to, Cincinnati, led by (laughs) former NC State Wolfpack, Ryan Finley. Happy days. good Good day football oh mate yeah then it gets into midweek and i'm not interested app state 56 north texas 28 cameron peoples ran for five touchdowns and dominated outside stretch zone game which we've talked about so much with app state they handled the mean green um having said that north texas look out they've got a couple of dudes on the outside next year that i think could be real weapons so i think north texas offense will be back with inventions next year let's not hang around though let's get into the rose bowl now this is one of the the semi-final games the uh the playoff games this one pits alabama versus notre dame i'm not going to hang around too long on this one because is there any way notre dame can do anything anything to beat Alabama. I've got no faith in this Irish offense to be able to put up points. Give me a reason if I'm a Notre Dame supporter why I should even watch this game.
1: I mean, they'll be able to put up points. I think we saw last week. Yeah, we saw last week that Alabama's defensive side of the ball is not what it has been historically and Florida gashed them for some big time plays across the day. There was some breakdown in the secondary. Ian Book's a good quarterback, and and he's going to be able to get some stuff done on that side of the ball. I think Kyron Williams has been fantastic all year. They'll work to get him going. I think offensively, they're going to be putting up points. Where they're going to struggle is that other side of the ball, where Alabama have been so dominant in putting up points, and Notre Dame keeping pace with them. On that, so I fully accept, expect Alabama to continue their ways and score another fifty points in this game, fifty plus, because that's their mo, that's what they're doing. I don't think that stops in this one. Notre Dame, on the flip side, I, I think they can score thirty, but it's that's not going to be enough, you know. So <laughs> that's, that's so fucked. <laughs> it's it, it's it's the sad state that we sit with this one, unfortunately, with the lopsided affairs that we saw in the ACC tilt. It, it kind of takes a lot of shine off of this game. You were hoping that that one would be a bit closer and we might get a bit more of an indication, but I think it's more realistic as to where we're at. It's not a team, team is good, but it's not in the same level as these Alabama Clemsons. So, Alabama, too many, too many weapons, uh, Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, Najee Harris, the, the trio is unrivalled so I'm I'm backing them to do this one comfortably.
0: And it's and it's funny because you like this Notre Dame defence was ranked in the top ten still are and, and they are one of the forces to be reckoned with, but no one gives a shit because it's it's an offensive league now. Like you have to be able to score points and you're gonna lean on Kyron Williams and Ian Book and his lack of vertical passing game to try and win you the game. Now, whilst Alabama's front seven's got more bark than bite, I think, comparatively to previous years, they're still going to be able to shut down Kyron Williams. And the, the only way that Notre Dame's offense works is when they can get a run game going. And that involves the quarterback and involves Ian Book. But you're going to give up big shots. I think Devontae Smith is the best player in the country. I, I feel... Like his his Heisman candidacy is is almost unquestioned at this point. I know it will be, but well, he's it moved into
1: dollar sixty favorite for the Heisman.
0: He is an absolute weapon, and and part of me following his career is the fact that Miami probably should have landed him, but not that he would have been that good at Miami anyway. But um, you know, he has. And I feel worried for him at the next level, if I'm honest, because he is a little bit slight. He is a little bit small. But in terms of what he does and how he gets open and his precision of his routes and he's got clean hands and all that kind of stuff, I just... There's just no way. There is no way. Notre Dame hasn't, even against Clemson last week, they did not face this kind of offense with such a big, bruising running back. Yeah, Travis Etienne can hit the home run. But Najee Harris is doing things at the college level um, that are physically dominating and imposing and uh, I, I just don't see it. I don't see a world in which Notre Dame p- gets this within four touchdowns, if I'm honest. If they lose 34-10 to Clemson, Alabama's going to score more. Um, I don't think they hold them to less, but they're going to score more. So give me Alabama comfortably. All right, let's move on to the next game. This is the Rose Bowl uh, played in Texas, Alabama. Sorry, check that. I've already done that. Sugar Bowl. Let's move on. i have fucked up here already. (laughs) We shouldn't have had nine beers before we started. Sugar Bowl, Clemson and Ohio State. This should be where Alabama's playing. Um, this was an epic game last year. I mean, this was the semi-final from last year. Nolan Turner picked off Justin Fields in the end zone to ice the game. Uh, while this Ohio State offense doesn't seem quite in sync, it certainly wasn't last week, particularly early in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. They get Chris Alave back. And Garrett Wilson, I think more importantly, Garrett Wilson can go back to his supporter role at receiver. And I say that, I use that term very loosely. Um, he can play more of that flanker position and he looks more comfortable in those situations. He's not having to play where he's getting safety help over the top. Chris Alave can do a lot of that work for him, do a lot of the heavy lifting and he can work more one-on-one matchups. I think if Clemson are going to win this game, which they will, then you're going to know what they're going to give you there's nothing surprising about that offense. Trevor Lawrence is going to dominate. Um, they're going to go a lot of quick pass, a lot of motion and ball movement, and those over outs again with Amari Rogers on the deep shots and then a steady dose of Travis Etienne. If Ohio State have got any chance in this one, they need to commit to the run and they need to stay with it. They didn't do that last week. They need to use Justin Fields. They need to use Trey Sermon. They need to use Master Teague, and they need to get that jet action, eye candy that Urban Meyer was so good at. Hopefully, Ryan Day can embed that in in this lead-in section and work these Clemson linebackers because we know they're not super athletic. Get the QB involved in the run game. I don't trust Justin Fields to play from behind, and I don't trust him to outgun trevor lawrence but i think where he can get him is that athleticism in the qb run game and if they can control the clock and use lots of different motion different looks different formations make things uncomfortable for clemson then they've got themselves a chance but outside of that i think this one could be close on the scoreboard but not
1: in reality yeah okay i agree with you this one is certainly a lot more interesting than the last matchup Mm -hmm. and clemson have every right to be favorite in this In this one, so their game last week was the best that they played all year. You want to be hitting your straps at this time. They looked fantastic. Trevor Lawrence is the best player at college football level. So when you have that combination that they have going on there, it's tough to back bet against them. On the flip side, Ohio State a lot of question marks. They were missing twenty. missing 22 players due to COVID-related issues for their last game. And we don't know how many of those will be available and back and fit and able to play in this game. So there was an interesting news bit about the Big Ten changing their rules so that you only needed to miss 17 days rather than 21 uh, if, like, due to... um, contact whatever, which I think is obviously done on the back of some players being eligible perhaps within that window to make them available here and the Big Ten getting better representation, which just takes the piss out of all of these rules that are being kind of made, but <laughs> yeah. I don't want to dive into that. I guess it's just... The higher State side, we don't know a lot. We, we don't know whether they're going to field their best side. Their best side is certainly good enough to match it to this Clemson team, in my opinion. I, I think what we saw last year, from what we've seen in the recruiting ranks that have come through, they have the talent to be able to match up. From a coaching mm-hmm. side, they've, they've done a fantastic job historically of being able to scheme up and, and be competitive in all of these matchups and and compete at the highest level can't say that about a Notre Dame. Every time it gets to an important matchup, they seem to get blown the fuck out. is um, <laughs>
0: Brian Kelly sucks, dude. So he's been through this. What what? They Another- might
1: score a touchdown. That's a safe bet. They will <laughs> not score a touchdown. Another question mark is around Justin Fields. So he's a, a super highly regarded quarterback. Some think he'll be the second pick overall, second quarterback selected uh, this year behind Trevor Lawrence. But he's had a couple mm, of bad games. Imagine being the
0: Jets year. and having to take Justin Fields. That is they got not Donald. Ideal. They can
1: go uh, Saul. <laughs> oh God. But, I mean, Justin Fields, I still think, is a very, very good quarterback. His last game was probably his worst career, uh, career game to have. So he needs to flip that on its head within the space of two weeks and have his best game for them to win this. Yes, I think he can do that. As you said, he's mobile guy who can work against that uh, linebacking core of Clemson and, and give them some real issues. I think that's all available to him. But... Do you really think it's going to happen? Do we know that's going to happen? No, there's just a hell of a lot more question marks about this one. So, I'm excited to watch this one because there is a lot more unknown. Like, I feel a lot less confident that Clemson just stomp all over him and walk away. Like, it still might happen, but there is... are about 10 points rather than twenty. There, well, right. there is a scenario in my mind where Ohio State wins this game.
0: Is Ryan Day a good coach? Like, what happens if he goes and gets stomped to get maybe not stomped but like 13 points 14 points like what is like Um, don't get me wrong you're not gonna fight you're not you're not firing that's not what i'm saying but ohio state has the talent to mix it with clemson yeah i think that's a pretty fair statement so if you're not winning against them two years in a row where does the blame fall because ohio state are there to win championships
1: so yeah, what look, are you it's, doing? It's a fair point. I think last year they were a drive away they got picked off in the end zone. Like that that was yeah. coin flip could have gone either way. This Correct. year, yeah. okay. th- they've played six games. Like how much are we reading into anything in this year? Like it's it's yeah, I, okay. I'm not I'm not judging and too harshly on get wrong, that, so.
0: I I like Ryan Day. I think he's a great coach. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not actually I'm just trying to stir the pot. We'll see how Yeah,
1: we'll well, I think it's a bit early for that, but it's uh, interesting point. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, let's go in chronological order then. So the 22nd of December, which is today for Australians, but you'll get this one tomorrow. Uh, We've got, firstly, the Idaho Potato Bowl between Tulane and Nevada. Nevada have had a good season. Tulane, the Green Wave best mascot in college football, let's not bother. The Boca Raton Bowl is actually the one that's going to be of more interest tomorrow. UCF and BYU. This is going to be a culture shock for the Cougars. Being from Utah... They head to South Florida with all the goat curry and, uh, you know, delicious snacks, street food available to them. Um, But this should be a high-scoring, entertaining affair, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Will be Dylan Gabriel is probably one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks on the year. I know you talked him up earlier uh, during the season, but he's ended up with three thousand three hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, and just four picks on the year. Like, those are insane numbers. <laughs> so a, some of that and, shit just makes me
0: giggle. Like. Oh, he, he's
1: done a fantastic job. So offensively, UCF are absolutely firing. Unfortunately, defensively, yeah, they've been a fucking mess. They they mm-hmm. were impacted by a lot of opt out and it seems to have really crucified that defensive side of the ball. They're ranked in the bottom third or bottom quarter defensively in a number of key metrics. And this BYU team will run the ball all over them. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to back Zach Wilson in. They've been a great team this year. I think they're going to be able to establish that run and get it done. Yes, I think there's going to be fireworks. Yes, it's going to be a fun one to watch, and I'll have this on, on the TV tomorrow. But uh, it's BYU for mine. Uh, Do you have a line on this one? Uh, I do not. I'll I'll get you one if you want to jump to the next one. Only because
0: I feel like just familiarity with the region would lead me to believe that UCF are just going to feel a little bit more comfortable. And for that reason alone, um, I think that UCF might win. (laughs) Again, this this is a classic.
1: Six points. To BYU. BYU favourite, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a classic game where you're just like, I don't fucking know. Like, (laughs) BYU could come out and just be like, yeah, we don't care anymore. We've got our missions that we need to go
1: to. Yeah, see, uh, I'm pretty confident in BYU in this one.
0: Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm taking UCF, so let's go head-to-head on this one. Not the first time we'll do that tonight. 23rd of December, the New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana Tech, Georgia Southern, the Montgomery Bowl, Memphis, and Florida Atlantic. I can see you shaking your head, so let's just move on from that. 24th of December, which is going to be Christmas Day here, local time. New Mexico Bowl, Hawaii versus Houston. Again, whatever. Uh I mean, go Hawaii because the Bows have always been Australia's true number one team. On the 25th of December, now this is going to be... I mean, the fact that they play a game in America on Christmas Day I think is a little bit fucked, but it's happening. And if you're not watching the Boxing Day test here um, at the MCG, you've got the Camellia Bowl, which is going to suit up Marshall and Buffalo. These are two teams that finished... Really, really poorly. You've got Marshall in Conference USA, Buffalo in the MAC, who both of those teams lost last week. Of all the Power Five conference games to play, I actually don't hate this one. Um, you've got a Buffalo team that should be able to run the ball really effectively, a Marshall team that should be able to stop the run really effectively. Um, so maybe something to check out on Boxing Day
1: Test. Yeah, classic strength on strength. Who do you like? I'm going uh, the Bulls for mine.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll take the Buffs as well. Let's take an offense. I don't think... like This is your classic one where neither teams give a fuck. They're both really disappointed after their championship game and they're just like, whatever, we do not care. So this could get real high scoring
1: as defenses just mail it in. Who can handle the hangover better?
0: (laughs) Exactly. 26th of December... um, will be the Cure Bowl, Coastal Carolina versus Liberty. Oh, I think that sucks because Coastal Carolina... Sorry, Coastal Carolina. What am I talking about? I was looking at the next game, South Carolina UAB. Coastal Carolina Liberty should be a really good game. You've got a higher-powered Hugh Freeze offense against a Coastal Carolina team that disappointingly didn't get to play their conference championship game in the Sun Belt last week. Uh, they'll get a chance now to play play their biggest game of the year against an offense that has done some damage in the ACC at a power five level and they'll get to pit themselves and, and really measure up with their awkward offense against a team that can score prolifically, which they probably haven't faced this year. That real like pass heavy air ready run and shoot type offense that they just haven't faced yet.
1: Uh, Liberty haven't played in over a month. Uh, uh which is <laughs> crazy like the for them uh, they did get 10 games in however and they've been a fantastic team like both of these teams have been awesome this year and i and I, I really like both of these teams i just don't like this matchup it it, it doesn't yeah. do a lot for me i don't want to see these two teams play each other and see who who wins out of these like i want to see these guys go up against someone like give me give me miami give me oklahoma state like i, I like that matchup itself but it's kind of that level where I want to see how these guys shape up against them to to get that. So the fact that we're seeing them play each other is kind of a bit of a bummer for me. Uh, I guess you gotta lean Coastal Carolina in this one and hope for the perfect season so that they can claim the national championship.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I think that'll be an entertaining one. If you want to watch a group of five game that's not a bad one. The Gasparilla Bowl. I think this is sponsored by like lawnmowers or something, but South Carolina UAB See, I think this is the classic like disappointing matchup where you've got UAB who won their conference are going up against the South Carolina team who fired their coach. Like
1: Won two games, didn't they?
0: Yeah, like they fucking suck. Like why? Why are we doing this? But anyway... That, that game has fallen, so that's where we're at. The first bowl: Louisiana versus UTSA. Um, Louisiana, again, another team that are unlucky not to have a better bowl game. Like, they won their fucking conference. Give them a shot at something. Um, well, effectively won their conference. They didn't actually play it, but, you know, whatever. Um, I want UTSA to win this one because we want Lucas Dean to have a good game, so let's give him a shout-out.
1: Oh, so Reese Burns just can get fucked out of Louisiana. He's <laughs> a good Aussie runner. lad too. <laughs> Give me the road runners. I'm with you, Reese. I got your back. Uh, got all right. Uh, speaking
0: of Aussies, uh, Western Kentucky are playing Georgia State in the Lending Tree Bowl. Don't know what they're sponsored by. Probably some insurance firm. Um, all right. Let's move on the 29th of December. So here we go. This is it. This is the one. So, 29th of December, that's going to fall on the 1st. Is that right? No, on the 30th here? 30th here, yeah. 30th here. The Cheez-It Bowl. We have got Miami versus Oklahoma State. We did not see this coming at the start of the year. Certainly, I didn't. Um, I thought Oklahoma State would be in contention for the Big 12. I thought Miami might finish third or fourth in the ACC, which they have, but I just didn't see this match coming. I I suppose. All right, I will give you a bit of thinking time. I won't give you thinking music, but I need one reason to try and keep this short, Will. One reason why the Pokes will win and one reason why they won't. While she have some thinking time, I'm going to go over the Miami version of that. So one reason why the Canes will win. They have managed to beat up, I say beat up, they've managed to win against handy teams that are incomplete so pitt virginia nc state louisville all those teams have got good aspects about them pitt's defense virginia's offense Um, nc state's offense was really good louisville's running game whatever it might be um, they've been really able to manage those teams but get creamed by great offenses now oklahoma state i don't think fits or does fit into those categories they are a, a bit of a half team and they don't have a great offense, which means the Canes aren't getting creamed in this one because their offense has been a little bit disappointing. Uh, I, so I think this one's going to be tight. And That would be my reason that the Canes win this, which isn't overly convincing, I suppose. Um, but a half-team Oklahoma State, I think, gives Miami a chance. The reason that they don't win is the Canes don't have any defensive ends left. Greg Rousseau is, you know, a top 10 potentially talked about defensive end. He declared at the start of the year. Cool. Not a problem. Jalen Phillips has declared for the draft and he's kind of predicted to go end of round one, maybe round two. Quincy Roche, another guy. He's gone. So you're potentially getting three defensive end drafted in the first three rounds that are not playing in this game. Now, that makes me really, really nervous but that's also a reason why I don't think the Canes will win. They're not going to be able to get any pressure on Spencer Sanders, and that's going to make a massive difference in this bowl game. So they're my reasons. One, why the Canes will win. One, why they won't. What are your thoughts on that similar sitch, Will?
1: Yeah, okay. I I mean, I was thrilled. Uh, First thing I saw this, I was texting you. I'm like, it's happening. We've got it. We finally get this. They've only played once... Uh, against each other in the history and that was a year that oklahoma state did not win a game that season i feel like jimmy johnson was the coach then at at, at both programs though like jimmy johnson was yeah yeah, oklahoma state and then left to go to miami um and 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 taking a much better job there (laughs) um well that was back when miami were charging like they were kind of he turned them into
0: absolute warriors at yeah, that point. yeah yeah
1: so so i see this and it's the cheese at bowl i've, I've put in a petition I'm, I'm looking to get signatures to get brackets college football down under bowl like after <laughs> added to i don't want to replace it but if we could just tack it on Good. at the end yeah. I'd, I'd really like that Good. um i'm gonna cheat with you kind of thing here i'm and i'm gonna have like one point that i think is a reason why we could or why we we could not lose and okay. i've been reading into this and, and mike gundy's taken a very uh philosophical approach to this, a very player-centric approach to this bowl game and in the preparations to it's it... It's a nice he's, change for him this year. Well, he, he's sending all the players home for Christmas and, and giving them an extended break over Christmas. So a lot of programs obviously have games going on, at practicing and, and training throughout that. He is kind of pulling up stumps or whatever it is today and saying go home for four or five days uh, and then come back and then essentially they get two days in the lead-up to the game and dick-all time to prepare and train and, and get themselves right for it. And, and like it's, it's, it's a bold play, and, and I see that as it could go either way. It could be the reason that they win, because the players buy into it, they're you know, rejuvenated and, and all about that, and they come out fresh, fired up, ready to go. Or they all go home and do what my family does over Christmas, get fucking <laughs> hammered. And play up, you know, go back to your hometown, play about, get up to no good, and then come in just underprepared and, and get smoked by a good Miami team. So, like, it, it, it is, could go either way. Uh, I'm excited by the matchup. I think it's, it's going to be great to see our teams go out because we are kind of in similar boats this year, too. Like, there's, there's no one team kind of coming in super powered up for this one and no one team's yeah. really super I mean, down. It's, yeah, both teams sort of finished in a disappointing fashion, really. It's a story of our, uh, our lives, isn't it, mate? Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it comes full circle. We started <laughs> off that way and we're going to finish that way. Interesting that the line started about what? Oklahoma State minus four and a half? Oh, okay. I think it's come in a fraction. Um, it's in Florida... So, it's in Orlando. I I don't okay, so true not head-heart sort of situation. I think this is actually an equal matchup bowl game. We often see like sometimes it's just like, well, that team never had a chance. This appears to be pretty evenly matched. Who do you honestly believe is going to win?
1: I I honestly think Oklahoma State will win. I'm a bit nervous about this mm-hmm. Miami team and it, oh, it's it's mainly around Miami's poor bowl history of late mm-hmm. like that it, it hasn't been strong and they're a team that are known for guys who like to kind of go out and get after it and, and they seem like a party bunch like they seem like they would be good fun to hang out with at the club so i think the you fa- mean duck club well I'm, club. <laughs> I'm i'm not in a, a great spot to be given that out but look it i have concerns that they're going to enjoy themselves the oklahoma state boys more cornbread Uh, religious folk, (laughs) great, you know, down to earth folk who are going to be at home, they're going to be saying their prayers and then they're going to go out and and deliver a massive whooping. So, go Pokes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I I think that it's going to be tough sledding for the Canes. They've struggled to deliver in the big matchups and this is a big matchup for them and and um, you know they've been disappointing in in those so uh, i hope now i'm not here for this game so i actually will be on the drive back from various celebratory exercises in other parts of the country so i'll be checking this on espn app and hopefully it goes well and i can watch the highlights later but based on what i know about Um, bowl games and Miami I probably won't watch (laughs) so I'm taking Oklahoma to cover Oklahoma State's cover not Oklahoma all right the Alamo Bowl Texas and Colorado an interesting matchup your thoughts on that one because that falls on the same day
1: It does. Another good matchup. I think Texas win this one comfortably. I Mm -hmm. mean, Colorado have been awesome this year. Four and one, really a surprise packet in the Pac-12, but I think it's been a fairly down and tumultuous Pac-12. So I'm backing in uh, the Longhorns to do this one quite comfortably.
0: On the 30th of December, Duke's Mayo Bowl. Whatever the fuck that means. Wake Forest versus Wisconsin. Here is a game where zero teams care music city bowl iowa and missouri um i think these
1: are rivals are they I is this the know. border a, war are they like old perhaps but this is one that i would have liked to have seen broken up and had coastal carolina play iowa something like that
0: yeah that's cool
1: there's a better give match them something there. different
0: anyway that'll be a fun one music city bowl um and well it would be fun for the players at least we probably won't enjoy it because iowa won't score and they won't allow the other team to score let's get to the
1: i will win that big yeah probably
0: the cotton bowl classic oklahoma and florida now this one is set to be good this has been a national championship game not that long ago you've got two high-powered offenses one of these teams made an argument to make the college football playoff. The other team lost to Kansas State this year. Um, so Florida, been the far more consistent offense. Let's start there. I am I, I, I believe more, I think, in that offense. The only thing that undoes me is the fact that Kyle Pitts has opted out of the bowl game. He's moving on to to the nfl so you've now got a situation where kyle trask is left left with Kadarius tony and trevon or grimes at the wide receiver position he loses his big tight end who put up you know 120 something yards and last week against alabama and multiple touchdowns throughout the season so um a situation where I think Florida's offense is probably better. Whether they show up to being better, I do not know. The big issue that I have with Oklahoma is their ability to distance themselves from teams and make the most of times when they are up in games. The first half of the big 12 championship game was a perfect example of that, where the Sooners were in complete control offensively, defensively, and they were like an executioner. They had the mask on, they had the ax ready to go, and then they just like swung and like kind of missed or clipped the neck or something. And it's like, dude, seriously, fucking put them to bed it's like you you're trying to swing the axe and you can't and they just couldn't do that last week against Iowa State they let them back in the game and and that makes me really really nervous um and then on the other side of that you've got Oklahoma's defense which has been much maligned this year you've got Florida which has been steadily improving I don't know I I originally came out and I was like taking Florida I don't think it's as shootout as we as what we perhaps think with these two teams. I think they both end up in the 30s somewhere. But I'm oh, hesitantly leaning Oklahoma now.
1: Okay, I like it. Uh, that's that's, a, that's mean, a
0: big diatribe, I'm sorry. Big diatribe. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, look, Florida, this Florida team has been coasting their way through an easy SEC schedule. And now they're coming up against the might of a Big 12 defense. So they're going good. to find out. This is good gear. Look at you <laughs> writing your own jokes here. <laughs> they are going to find out what that's all about. And I'm I'm interested to see how this one plays out because it's two high-powered teams, a lot of history here. It's going to be great. I mean, for everything that Lincoln Riley has done at Oklahoma – he has not won a bowl game, so he's zero mm-hmm. three over the last three years. Yes, they've most all most been, of those been
0: playoffs. All three all of, them of them have, have been, been.
1: Yep. Yeah, okay. which like full credit to him, that's impressive. But all three have been SEC opponents, and he hasn't been able to get it done. So, what's give me the, the guys, say, Then you what's, what's the going that, like, to do with this? Week? Well, I think there is a big change though. So that was against uh, a Georgia team, an Alabama team, an LSU team. Uh, this Florida team, I don't think, is as good as those. Those units. Not that the I believe LSU this. U team was not very good. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, they they got stomped in that one. The other two matchups were close, and and yeah. there was always a knock on Oklahoma. You know, oh, the Big 12's a joke. Oklahoma can go and run their conference, win that, but they can't get it done in the SEC. That they're, they're losing by one score in these matchups. It wasn't a blowout that they were getting stomped out in. They they went down in a tight tussle. And, and that can happen. So I actually like Oklahoma's chances in this one. Florida on the back of a three-game skid. Yes, they were impressive last week in that effort against Alabama. The fact that they were able to keep pace and keep going was surprising, especially after the disappointing effort at home against LSU. But uh, there's a lot of question marks there. Oklahoma have been rolling the back half of the year where Florida seemed to be kind of pulling up and, and struggling a bit. Um Kyle Pitts, you mentioned, not playing massive out. He, he is a true threat that needs to be acknowledged on the defensive side of the ball. You need to roll coverage. You need to have safeties shading over the top of him. He's just that darn good that even when he is double covered, you can still throw the ball to him and complete passes. like that. That's what his effect has been for the Gators this year. So that's a massive out for them, and that was really shown in the LSU one. I think that plays here. I think Oklahoma get the job done and win.
0: Okay, if that's to be the case, you're looking out for guys like Ramondre Stevenson who, after his suspension, has come back and he's putting up close to 100 yards a game. Marvin Mims on the outside. Spencer Rattler in his first big, you know, out of conference game, I suppose, in a bowl game, maybe gets a little bit shaky, and I trust Kyle Trust more than that. So, uh... Wouldn't like I could see this game going overtime, and it's just it, to me this is an absolute coin flip. So should be a really entertaining one. If I've got to lean one way, I'm gonna go with my gut instinct, and that was Florida. I'm I'm on and off this horse. I've got no idea. All right, <laughs> let's get let's move on. Uh, the Armed Forces bowled Tulsa, Mississippi State. Jesus. Wow. Mississippi State are a mess. I'm taking Tulsa. Arizona Bowl, San Jose State versus Ball State. Disappointing. You've got the MAC champion. You've got the Mountain West champion. Again, I don't think these two teams should play each
1: other. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. I'd rather see kind of a bit of a flip. I suppose Tulsa are going up against that. There's got to be a better opponent for San Jose State winning the Mountain West.
0: In the Liberty Bowl, West Virginia have decided to suit themselves up and take on the might of Army, which I think has been, I was going to use the term nice, but that's probably a little bit unfair to Army, a little bit disrespectful. Uh, They get their bowl game, though. Uh, after theirs being initially cancelled, and West Virginia will have to suit up against a triple option offense. I think Army probably win this one pretty comfortably, even though West Virginia's defense has been the story in this. Yep. Arkansas and TCU will face off in the Texas Bowl. I actually think this game is sneaky interesting between two teams that are semi-irrelevant, but this will give some insight into where these two teams are at. A win gives the fan base and the recruiting a massive shot in the arm. I think probably more so for Arkansas than TCU, uh, but I, I I just think this this game actually means a little bit to both these teams.
1: Yeah, it, it may well. It's not a great game though. Matchup and paper TCU are underwhelming this year. Arkansas only the three wins. I do like the three hogs in Three wins matchup, gets you a bowl though. game. Three wins gets you a bowl game. All
0: right. 1st of January, uh, the Peach Bowl, Cincinnati and Georgia. So this one, I'm going to lean on you massively here, Will. Cincinnati are playing effectively for not only themselves, not only the state of Ohio, but the entire group of five. They don't need to win, but they need to keep it competitive to prove that the American is worth a shot. Can they do that?
1: Absolutely, no. They need to win. Like, let's let's get these guys winning this game and winning it well. That'd be wonderful. Imagine that they go in and stump Georgia. Sounds mm, like that, fair.
0: Sounds like a make believe. Yeah, yep. that
1: that's not happening. But I do see them certainly coming in here and running this one tight, and and it being a good game. I I don't think that Georgia are gonna dominate this matchup. I think. JT Daniels has been fantastic since taking over the starting job there, so there's concerns there. This Georgia defense is another level on top of what Cincinnati's going to be have seen, but Cincinnati's defense itself has been fantastic all year, so I, I really, really like this matchup. As you said, you kind of got to pull for the underdog uh, Cincinnati in this one. You want that group of five to show out and, and to blow things open, so... For mine, I'm, I'm rooting for Cincinnati, Des Ritter and, and the unit there, but I, my, my head's telling me Georgia probably wins this. Does Georgia give a shit, though? That's the risk. That's, that's the big risk. That what, are, what are Georgia playing for? I mean, they're
0: playing at home, effectively, as well. Like they're playing in the state of Georgia. Like what, what is special about this for them? Do they even
1: fucking care? No, well, that's a good question, and and that then becomes a, an easy cop out when Cincinnati do win to say, yeah, hey, what do what Georgia care? Do you know what they
0: should do though? Both of these teams, if you don't know their color schemes—black, red, and white—they should play them all in black. Everybody plays in black, and you've just got to see what you idea. can do. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> that is good. That's good gear. Not happy with that. All right. Let's move on. The Citrus Bowl. Auburn taking on Northwestern. This will be an offensive shit show. Auburn have got an interim head coach. They've got no skill at the quarterback position. Uh, I am so confident in the Paddy Fisher-led uh, Northwestern Wildcats. He's going to make a million tackles. Jojo Nix is going to be shit, and Northwestern are going to win 7-6. to six. Yeah, I like
1: Northwestern in this one too. You know, I've been big on them all year. This is one that I would certainly like to split these two teams up and have group of five teams having a crack at them.
0: That's some fantastic analysis and insight there, Will. I thank you for your contribution. All right, the 2nd of Jan. Uh, we probably will do a show on this day, I hope.
1: Yeah. Somewhere here? Yeah? I'd, I'd say so, yep. Okay, <laughs> good. I should have uh, recovered the by, by bowl, the 2nd.
0: <laughs> nc state versus kentucky you have two children by then um Ole miss play indiana i don't even know what bowl game that is i have not written that down give me a second give me a hot little minute here indiana and Ole miss are going to play in the outback bowl Hey, how delightful. Indiana, seven-point favorites in that one. I think this one is a little interesting. Both of these teams have got something to play for. Obviously, you've got Ole Miss and you've got Lane Kiffin in his first outing in terms of a season for the Rebels. And they're high-powered. They're a high-powered offense. Indiana haven't seen anything like this except for maybe Ohio State. And they, we don't know exactly how good Ohio State are on offense. So this is going to be a real test for Indiana. Uh, and I think they'll be out to prove a point. They will want to make sure that their season has not been a flash in the pan. And Old Miss, likewise, they've got stuff to play for this year. They want to prove that, yeah, you know what, we, we did mix it with the big boys in the SEC, but we can handle a, a Big Ten team that we actually don't think is that good. Both teams will be motivated, which is going to be a key aspect for this one.
1: Definitely. I think Indiana, for mine, are the, the team that was most slighted by this bowl schedule. I feel like they deserve a better game than this. I, I think they they've been a. Well, yeah, that probably sucks. I uh, think
0: they're the first one lost team to not play in the New Year's Six bowl ever.
1: Which is tough though, given that they only won six. So it's tough to kind of read yeah. into those sorts of things. But certainly, I th- did they I finish? I know they finished in the AP in the top ten, and they deserved that. They were fantastic with what they put on the gridiron. Like it was very much. You thought this team wasn't going to be good. Michael Penix, and then they were. Then Michael Penix went down. You thought, well, there they go. They're going to be shit on offense. And yet they still managed to get it done and were fantastic. Like this defensive unit was awesome under Tom Allen and I think they deserve a little bit more respect than this. That said, I don't know how they're going to score enough points to keep up with Ole Miss. I don't know. I'm I'm back (laughs) in Indiana, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm taking Ole Miss,
0: but like, um, You know, Ole Miss could completely nuke it. Like, they could turn the ball over nine times or something in this game. Indiana, seven in the AP poll, but 11 in the college football playoff poll, which is kind of an interesting sitch there. Uh, But give me Ole Miss, give me the Rebels, and uh, give me Matt Corral to get his first bowl victory as an absolute unit. Your boy. At
1: Ole Miss. Uh,
0: The Fiesta Bowl, Oregon and Iowa State. Take us through this one, Will.
1: Yeah, look, this is going to be a fantastic matchup between a couple of probably underappreciated teams on the national scale. From what we saw, so Oregon just like fell in a hole when they dropped those two games to Oregon State and Cow, then turned it around with a fantastic showing last week, knocking over USC and taking out the Pac-12 crown. So got themselves a, a berth into this, coming up against an Iowa State team who end the season eight and three, uh, and. Were really competitive with Oklahoma last week, but couldn't get it done. Like They they weren't quite in the match to begin with. They were hanging around, but it never really looked like they were going to go on and win that one. I think then this one shapes up as a fantastic matchup between two very well-coached units. So Mario Cristobal at Oregon has done a fantastic job there. Matt Campbell's in line for a better job somewhere at some point. For sure, like he's turned this Iowa State program into something uh, which it historically has not been outside of a heart wrecker. Um, so I think that this is a uh, like bragging rights are on the line between Pac-12 and the Big 12. There's been a lot of talk how these two conferences have kind of had to fight for national recognition. Pac-12 being on late, the Big 12 not having as many conferences, and and both of them not forward true contenders over the last few years uh, it's important to not be the worst conference so this this one goes a little <laughs> bit of the way to, to trying to build the argument on that
0: now Oregon have extended Mario Cristobal as their head coach as well so they've given him a nice juicy fat contract uh, yeah I'm I don't know how I feel in this one. Oregon are far more up and down. Iowa State probably a little bit more steady. I think Brock Purdy, we've probably seen the worst of him uh, this year, which means that I'm going to take Iowa State in this one, I think. In the Orange Bowl, Texas A&M and North Carolina. Now, this one is interesting from an outsider's perspective. I don't know how interesting it is for both of this t- these two teams because A&M really need to blow the Tar Heels out here. North Carolina have lost to Notre Dame in convincing fashion and Florida State, who didn't even qualify for a bowl game. So if Texas A&M want to make any kind of statement as to the fact that they were slighted, that they were left out, they need to go and crush North Carolina. Um, But I don't think North Carolina are a great matchup for the Aggies. They're going to put a lot of pressure and stretch this defense sideline to sideline. They've obviously got their two freak running backs. Um, Sam Howe can go and win you the game if he wants. And and I'm still not convinced, convinced on Kellen Mond uh, and his ability to score enough points because this is going to be a little bit high scoring, I think. I was going to say shootout. I don't think it'll become a shootout, but it's going to certainly be high scoring and you cannot waste offensive possessions. Three and outs are going to cost you points in this one. So... I, I think North Carolina can get it done. I like them in this matchup. Uh, their ability on offense, their defense concerns me, but I'm I still don't fully trust Kellen Mond, and I, and maybe his comments throughout the year could be a, a th- sorry throughout the week could be a little distraction.
1: Yeah, I mean they were interesting comments. for For mine, I like a And M to win this one. I think they're the more complete team. They've been. more it's not cons- what you
0: said before the show, dude. Because I been- backed in. You're a
1: dickhead. <laughs> you fucked me on this championship draft, haven't you? More consistent across the year. Uh, look, I, I like North Carolina's run game that they've got going on with Michael Carter and Javonta Williams. Like It's it's fantastic. The last showing that we saw from them against that Miami unit where they just blew the Can we the not doors do that? Let's, let's just push on. It, it was really good but then as you mentioned they lost to FSU okay. they, they've been so up and down they've they've given up massive leads in the first three quarters of games that they've had to then try and steal back A&M have had a bad showing against a bloody decent Alabama team outside of that they've been very good so I'm, I'm going to take A&M here
0: alright uh, that brings us to the end of all the bowl games it's a lot that's it we're Still- done. There was a lot. That feels like an old school, like, weekly preview where we went through fucking everything. everything. So we'll, we'll recap all of those. We'll get to a whole bunch of stuff. In the meantime, we do need to get to our championship draft. So, Will, it's your pick first. This is our last opportunity to make a change here. There's a big options available to us because we're counting money in the bank, uh, which means you can sell anybody and claim any cash you want and then look to... I guess we're both after teams that are going to make the
1: biggest leap this week. Correct, correct. So that's what we're going with. This is pivotal. You've hit the lead, so your uh, season is at $67. Mine's at $63. i am not going to go through it because we have so many now, but I have been un- undecided. Do I sell uh, Oklahoma with their big matchup against Florida because they could drop that and slide back a few. that would get me a few dollars to pick whoever I want below them. Or do I sell Miami coming up against my Oklahoma State boys? I, I don't think I could live with myself if, if that was what cost me, like my team <laughs> kind of breaking it. I, I, I don't want to deal with that. So I am going to sell Miami. I bought them in last week. I, yeah, but
0: how would you feel when like you're like, oh, I would have won if I'd
1: kept Miami? I, I can deal with that. Because you're yet to win a championship draft. I can deal with that. I can deal with okay. that. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm going to sell them for eight bucks. Now the the trap there is it doesn't give me a lot of options to buy anything because I got nothing in the bank. So San Jose State, you own Texas, I own USC, I own next one down Tulsa. Uh, they got that matchup with Mississippi State. Don't you
0: have Tulsa? I you uh, Tulsa. I
1: had them and sold them. I sold them okay. last week. I'm going to buy them back. So last week. Oh I, wow. Uh, last week I sold Tulsa, bought Miami. This week I'm uh, selling Miami and buying Tulsa back. So... <laughs> Quite the trader I am. Um, uh, yeah.
0: What are you doing? Okay, Joe, I, oh, I've got two plays here. I can sell a high stake because they're not going to finish any. Like, If they lose, I assume they finish third anyway. So I'll just bank that. I was going to sell them and look for someone to jump, but I think the team that's most in danger for me is North Carolina. They're currently sitting at number 14 in the AP poll but they do come up against Texas a and M. I I actually think North Carolina probably win this game, but I'm not confident enough to put that money in the bank. So I'm gonna sell North Carolina,
1: um, which gives me something amount of dollars. Uh, North Carolina gives you, so they're worth 12, 12 bucks at the moment plus your 12. dollar. So you've got 13.
0: So I've got 13 and I am gonna buy Liberty. Ooh, okay and i am so i'm not spending very much i'm sort of hedging here a fraction because i'm out in front if liberty win against coastal carolina which i think they probably will then they'll jump up on top of that if even if they don't i've still got money in the bank that will put me all things being equal still in the lead so Ugh. I mean, a lot to happen here because we've both got teams in and just out of the top twenty-five poll that will heavily impact what happens. So it all comes down to these games, which is exactly what we want.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, all right. So recapping that, you have sold North Carolina for twelve dollars, bought Liberty for three, correct. And I have sold Miami for eight bucks and bought Tulsa for four and
0: so we just need my teams to win your teams to lose let's get up oklahoma state as well all right uh I'm now we've that. got one last segment are we going to get to it do we have time
1: on the clock oh I'm look sure. i need to dig myself out of this hole so give me give me a chance give you a chance we give were going to go christmas wish we were going to go a Christmas nah, wish. We, we got no time for christmas wish we need to go on the pump my friend it's what yeah, the people you want. You need to go on the punt, really? Absolutely. You're lose right. some more? Here comes the money! Here we go! Money talks. Talk. Here comes the money. Money money money, money! money, 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 money.
0: Give the people what they want, which is give- a deeper look into the despair that is your family situation. Look, we,
1: yeah, we're, we're burning over here, so I'm not going to give you a great reason why to back any of these. I'm just going to tell you what the picks are, and <laughs> you need to bet against them and feel good about that. Ah! Uh, <laughs> Arkansas, head-to-head with TCU, paying two seventy seven to win Arkansas. Yes, all day. Give me that. Thank you. Pig suey. Uh, Tulsa over Mississippi State, sixty nine favorites. We're oh, yeah, on Tulsa. I like that. Uh yeah, North I Car- Tulsa. North Carolina over Texas A&M. So oh, that,
0: uh, hang on, you're all over the shelf here, dude. That previous
1: uh, sentiment that I had uh, talking about that, we're, we're betting against that. North Carolina at $3, bucks, 3 dollars eight. Uh, Juicy odds there. I think they're a chance, so we're going to throw some money at that. And uh, Oregon over Iowa State. Uh, I think the Ducks and Thibodeau can come in there and and do some work. So they're $2.70, big underdogs there, all up. Uh, That's paying a lot, $44.78, or 44 units, should I say. Um, So... Let's, uh, let's <laughs> Look go. Look at your face. I wish
0: we had recorded this whole situation because it's a real you're the most desperate. unconvinced you've ever been. It's a this. real
1: desperate play here. Like I'm a man <laughs> scraping the barrel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like even reading them back. I don't like them, but back <laughs> them in. <laughs> Which means you're going to cash out
0: here. You are going to come up. <laughs> What is this so say you win this at
1: forty four units? Is that what you're saying? Uh yeah, I'm gonna put two on that, so it'll be an eighty eight unit collect.
0: Eighty <laughs> eight units. Which will put you in the positive.
1: Absolutely, it will. I'm not so four ga-
0: so four games. You need four games
1: to come up. Four games, absolutely. All four I need to pick correctly and happy days.
0: That is not that hard, dude. An octopus did that at the World Cup, so
1: there's no way that you can't well, do that. three of them are underdogs and fairly heavy underdogs at that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, that brings us to the end of our bowl preview episode. It's been a long one. It's been a stomper. Hey, but everyone's on Christmas holidays, so make sure you listen to the end. We will be back in the new year uh, very soon after the semi final games. We've got those games to recap and then the preview of the uh national championship game whoever that is but we're suspecting alabama and uh whoever the other team is clemson uh obviously so thank you for making it this far please ensure that you do join us on social media at cfb down under of course that is on twitter facebook and instagram as well uh make sure you hit us up on uh the podcast your podcast of choice subscribe to the show leave us a five-star review i'm struggling to spit this out i am tired and before we do break up a merry christmas to you will and you mate and a merry, and a merry christmas to all our listeners hopefully we can catch up in the new year for a beer we'll keep a close eye on the cheese at bowl and we should probably have a little wager on this i think we had a wager on the last one and i bought you lunch so what's it going to be on the oklahoma miami game Oklahoma State. Uh,
1: loser shaves their head. <laughs> uh, or lunch. We could do lunch or dinner. Nah,
0: let's let's go a different direction. Maybe we'll we'll have a bit of a think about it. Shaves their head. Come on, dude. What are you, like 16? <laughs> let's think of something better. Uh,
1: loser... i got a, I got a month of paternity a, leave ahead of me. I can, I can let that Loser cry. gets
0: a nose job. Okay. You probably need one, though, I guess, don't you? I mean, yeah. Is yours is yours still bent like a banana. So. I'd be good with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you very much for joining us on behalf of that guy over there and myself. We do appreciate the company. My name's Aaron. That is Will. And we will see you next time.